He's Scott. He's Lee. And we're here to save the movies. Episode, Episode 23. Sing. Sing. <laughs> It's been a little rough. Uh, sing, we decided to sing after we had done like two 80s movies in a row. Uh, sure, something from the last. I feel Sing is kind of maligned, kind of like Xanadu is maligned. That's fair. In that there's sort of these happy movies about the power of music. And people are like, groove that. <laughs> look, I'm cynical. I'm with you, society. <laughs> but at the same time. It's okay to have a movie that's just happy. Right. <laughs> And that's that's what they both have in common is they're Just very happy, happy movies. Fun that's right. movie. <laughs> Although Sing's message is a little more, at least a little more advanced about like, hey, music can you know make you help help you achieve your goals versus Xanadu's, sure. which is don't have your dream, don't be an artist, right. open up a nightclub. <laughs> if your dream of being an artist is not working out, open a nightclub. Have you tried real estate? <laughs> <laughs> like some kind of weird muse. <laughs> I've appeared to you. Does this mean I'll be a great painter one day? No. <laughs> Have you considered a stock portfolio? <laughs> you should really get your CPA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, views of practicality. Your mom was right. It's a good career. <laughs> it's a good career. So, views of practicality. Views of practicality. <laughs> She's very busy. Yeah. The other ones are like, oh, I've got to, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to go. Teach this greatest poet in the world. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to go reach the greatest theater actor in the world. What are you going to do? I'm going to go think of that guy to, like, you know, go to McDonald's and get a job. Come on, man. Stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> Look, nobody likes your music. It sucks. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Hey, I'm doing you a favor. You never hear about that muse because she's busy writing names in people's underwear. People's names in their own underwear. I she's say. just busy screwing people's lives over. Yeah. She's the bearer of bad news. Oh, so sing. So sing. <laughs> it's kind of this uh, animated, what's the studio that does this? Uh, Illumination. Illumination. And that's, I think, one of the big strikes against this movie is uh, a lot of people hate Illumination. And uh, I get that in the sense that they're not trying to do like what I consider like high art. But they're doing, I think, a quality product uh, most of the time. Most of the time, they're fun movies with some decent... I mean, they're great animation, good actors, solid scripts. They can be a little too cutesy, but that's sort of... That's not the worst thing in the world. And I think it's... The, mainly what happened is after the Minions came out, after these Minions took off, I think everybody just hates Illumination on principle. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. They can be kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure how the Minions thing became a thing. <laughs> Well, it's because they're easy. Kids, kids like them. They're easy. They're they're recognizable. They're they're like a cartoon character. You can do all kinds of funny stuff with them. I, they, I don't think they were designed with that in mind as much as they were just a cute thing they they put in the movie. Sure. Uh, and I think that they just took off, and you know, like anybody else, some, gonna... some studios that exact got a hold of it. Yeah. So well, hey, we can we can turn this into a right. They're not really wrong. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm restating as if there was a glitch, but there wasn't. But uh, excellent. You know, and I, I don't again. I, I think, I think uh, even I think there's a weird thing where it's kind of like I'm glad that animation is kind of out of the ghetto, so to speak, the animation ghetto, where yeah. it was kind of considered like secondary art form. But now there's kind of this thing which is weird, which is kind of like if it's not aiming to be high art, that it's dumb and worthless. Like like uh, Penguins of Madagascar. It's a fun movie. It's a silly comedy. It's very silly. It's very goofy. I really enjoy it, but I take it as like a funny, goofy comedy. 
instead of like this is a deep profound movie and you know sometimes i think that gets it gets underrated sure and that's penguins is uh, dreamworks but you know, same problem yeah i agree with that um but i mean there's a spectrum right there's yeah it's um what's the name of the company i'm thinking of the the one that did toy story the first one pixar pixar made it they kind of broke through the wall right yeah on cg so of course there were a lot of uh, copycats and, and competitors that piled in so you you're always gonna have a spectrum of of bad movies to well i just to, think like, that decent there's, animation there's, movies. there's different qualities in a movie i mean not every story is going to be a profound exploration of well right of but human. i think my point is that pixar <laughs> kind of changed their expectation Right, but I think, and I think even Pixar sometimes gets a little more credit than they deserve at times. Oh, sure. There's some movies they do that they, I think they're okay, but and again, people are like Pixar, and I think it's the same way, like Leica. First, first Leica. advantage. Yeah, well, it's it's people people kind of make assumptions. So like Leica, who does the stop motion, you know, movies. Yeah. I think that they have some really good movies. I think they've done some okay movies, but people are like, they're so thoughtful, they're so deep, and I'm like, no, it's just kind of okay, and and uh, I think that you know a studio. Especially when it comes to animation, studio recognition is a huge part of what the audience comes in expecting. How dare you badmouth like it? <laughs> I love Paranorman. I think it's a great movie. <laughs> I thought Box Trolls was much better than I thought it would be. I actually enjoyed that. Those are the two I haven't seen. <laughs> and uh, But Kubo? Kubo just falls apart, man. I'm sorry. It's a beautiful movie, but the writing is really clumsy and the themes are really confused. I know, I know. Right now someone's like, oh my God, I just got to know anything about movies. <laughs> but... I mean, it's not a terrible movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I felt Kubo was okay. I, I think Paranormal's a great movie. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know what they did. Called Coraline. I think Coraline's a Coraline's pretty great movie. Yeah. Um, so it's all right to say that, like, any studio is going to be up or down. I think Illumination Sync is a pretty, one of their higher efforts. I think Secret Life of Pets is a lot of fun. It's a very it's a very goofy movie, but I think it's a really good movie. Yeah. Goofy in, like, in the old kind of Looney yeah, Tunes. Style. right. Which is what they do, too, which I think is a little thing, too, is people get a little confused by that because it's kind of like... Looney Tunes style logic in, in Sing. Right. You know, like versus uh, Zootopia. Zootopia is a great movie, but it's not really, it's it's not, it's anthropomorphic animals, but they're not like cartoon animals. They're anthropomorphic animals versus this, which is like Looney Tunes animals. Right. Yeah, they live in an exaggerated universe. It was kind of nice to have anthropomorphic animals in a movie that was not an allegory for racism. <laughs> so. What? Is that what that's about? Oh, that makes so much sense. The thing about like, Zootopia, which is one this is going to get compared to, is Zootopia is a great movie, and I think it's got a lot of it's got a really good story, and it's got a lot of really cool ideas. It's just even if you take away the allegory for racism, it's got a lot of really cool ideas. You know, any cartoon cartoons tends to be exaggerated, but it's less exaggerated. It's it's more of a cool exploration of how this world would work. Whereas uh, Sing is a world with cartoon logic. Like there's no question about like like in Zootopia, for example, it was only mammals and only wild mammals. So like you're like, well, what would what would the account carnivores eat? Well, they eat fish and birds because those would still be around. But like in Sing, even the fish are alive. So who eats what? <laughs> but it's not meant to be taken that seriously. Sure. You know, and there's like the thing where, you know, Rosita is a mechanical genius, like a cartoon character, and she makes a Rube Goldberg's device. Well, you wouldn't do that in Zootopia because that's not the rules of the world they live in. Zootopia seems like almost a believable world. Sing is a cartoon world. Sure. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um there's a couple moments in, in Sing where they get, like, some real consequence. Yeah. And I think they use it well. Yeah. <laughs> like when the theater collapses and a couple other moments. Oh, well, yeah, but even that's an example of a cartoonish moment in the sense that 
water rushing out of a tank destroys a whole building in a very right. dramatic, cartoony way. I don't think that's bad. I think it uses it to a strength. It, it, it's consistent throughout. Right. Nobody gets hurt. <laughs> right. And also, it's just like, again, like... Uh, it's kind of like the cats don't dance scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it works really well, so I don't have a problem with that. Cartooning in a very similar sense. <laughs> and, and you're right. This like Cats Don't Dance is great, and but you have to go into Cats Don't Dance knowing it's a it's like a, a homage to like Looney Tunes kind of logic. Doesn't mean there's not a real story. Doesn't mean there's not a real... But like yeah, like you're right. Like in Cats Don't Dance, the the giant you know butler or what's his name? I forget the giant butler. But you know, it's like he's he's a monster. He's like a he's like a huge, super powerful creature. I'm like so in this one, this isn't quite as exaggerated as that, but it still has the Looney Tunes logic, which is kind of like weird stuff happens in really large ways. Uh, but it's still a little more grounded in reality than, you know, say cats don't dance, but. <laughs> sure. Just degrees. Just degrees. It's a, and I think sometimes people get a little too, there's, I think there's a mistake of thinking there's a one right way to do movies and stories. And I, and I get really frustrated by that. Yeah. I know you do. <laughs> Again, like Saving Private Ryan has the great storming the beach scene, which is shot to be confusing and difficult to understand because it's supposed to be terrifying. And then every action director tried to do that. I'm like, well, that's not what this movie is about. Born is supposed to be a friggin' badass. I should be able to see what he's doing. <laughs> and I feel like that's where we get some of the hate towards Illumination. It's almost like somebody's like, uh, a lot of the odds is looking and going like, well, that's not how Pixar would do it. Well, no. But that <laughs> Pixar's not doing it. <laughs> right. And Pixar's not always right. Pixar doesn't own animation. Uh, there's this phrase that I, I've said before. I've said at my workshop, I'll usually say that. Somebody will read something and I'll be like, oh, this is about... A boy who uses magic. And someone's like, well, you know, and Harry Potter. And I was like, Harry Potter didn't invent boys with magic. Uh, and I feel like there's this thing of, it's a weird thing when people kind of decide this is the default mode. And then they just kind of get hostile towards anything else that looks different than that. Yeah. Magic's a weird one, too, because there's no, magic never has any rules. <laughs> well, yeah, but what happens is if people really, fantasy, we talk about this in fantasy. And maybe it's because animation sort of drops into that, too. Is once somebody kind of encounters something, they think it's the it's the first the first time they encounter it. They think it's the first time it existed, which is a weird rule. Yeah, I guess because you know I I I mean like my favorite example I, I don't know how I've given this before is one of my books. There's a a brain in a jar, and somebody was like, "Oh, I wish he wasn't ripping off Futurama." And I'm like, Futurama <laughs> didn't invent brains in jars. The whole reason they put brains in jars in Futurama is because it's such a classic science fiction trope. Sure, right? And yeah. Everything and, in the Futurama and the Simpsons, by the way, yes, is a reference from something else. Right, Futurama is full of, of futuristic sci-fi references, and see, so many people who don't watch sci-fi watch Futurama, and they're like, "Well, they invented that." No, they didn't invent that. Right. And I feel like the same way. Like I think Pixar certainly helped bring about the uh, CGI revolution in animation, not just CGI, but even storytelling revolution in animation. But they don't own it. They're not the only guys who can do it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that. I think it's interesting that you brought up Born. I'm not sure if this is related, but nobody respects the rules of shooting an action scene anymore. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, every shot in Born is just this hacked up mess of yeah. of take, different takes. <laughs> of Like a guy throwing his fist and then they'll yeah. cut <laughs> to, to the guy receiving the punch. Yeah. Flyback take. And it's, it's yeah. very disorienting. Um, and one of the reasons that uh, I think John Wick did so well is that Right, it's not they stuck like that. to right. They stuck to the rules of shooting an action scene. <laughs> well, and Marvel usually does a pretty good job on that in their movies. Um, if you look at like uh, like uh, the same brother, the Russo brothers directed uh, Civil War, and Civil War could have been a mess because you oh, yeah. literally have all these characters with all these different abilities, <laughs> just a big ball of fighting. But it works really well. I mean, it has so much clarity. 
Yeah, and it's so important that you keep the focus in one spot on right. the screen. <laughs> and also that you and they keep to do it. spacing, like where the characters are and all that kind of stuff. Because like even uh, that's the that's when you're watching that in uh, Civil like Civil War is a great example because I was like this is gonna be this is either gonna be awesome or gonna suck when they all fight because <laughs> it's just gonna be a bunch of like punching and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's going on, and you've Flash got all <laughs> to Iron Man, Ant Man, you just see some guy like punch. Oh, he got knocked out. I think who knocked him out? That guy. That other guy. Is that Black Widow? I'm not sure. <laughs> but you know you can see it, and I think that uh, somebody did a backflip. Right. And I think that's such an important aspect of, uh, and I think it's it's just fascinating to see how people, that's an imitation, because I think that still, Spielberg did that very deliberately in um, Favorite Private Ryan, because it's not supposed to be a glamorous action scene. It's supposed to be a right. disorienting, confusing experience. Right. Yes. But like. Cutting like that is disorienting. Right. <laughs> that's why he used it that way. You know, you're supposed to be like, wow, this is chaos. But like, Jason Bourne's supposed to be a badass. I'm supposed to be able to follow. <laughs> And and part of it, you're right. It's just practicality. I mean, they they, they can shoot a lot more that way. I watched uh, Atomic Blonde easier, today, I and I didn't really like it very much. But I will say the action was fairly well directed. That's good. There's a, a faux one take fight scene kind of thing where they they disguise the cuts pretty well, and it almost makes the movie worth it. Not quite. Yeah, if you want to see a good action sequence, go find a Jackie Chan movie from the '90s. Yes, those are pretty solid. Yes, uh, that, that's such interesting. I mean, it's especially a, a Chinese Jackie Chan movie. Yeah, not your Shanghai Noons. Right, those are okay, but they're very much cut in that style. Stuff like Police Story and Who Am I? Drunken Master. Oh, yeah. Drunken Master 2. Oh, Who Am I, yeah. Anyway, uh, this Super has nothing to do with Super Cop. <laughs> Super Cop. Or Police right. Story 3. There's so <laughs> many great ones. China. <laughs> Super Cop is Police Story 3. I know. Well, there was uh, Operation checking. Condor. <laughs> Yeah. And then up Armor of God, Operation Condor 2, which is actually Operation Condor 1, which is really Armor of God. It's very confusing. They, the way they decide to release them in America is very weird. This is the same. This is what they did the Final Fantasy RPGs yeah. all over again. <laughs> so saying, <laughs> this is American Idol st- style story of animals entering a singing it's, competition. It's a sincere, here's where this works for me, even though it shouldn't, is it's a sincere story about the power of, like, performing and believing in yourself, you know, drawing on your strength and cooperation and show business. I mean, it's like, it's it's the perfect movie for show business people to make because they're like, show business, it helps you. <laughs> um, but I think it helps that I think the characters are clearly drawn and the plotting is really straightforward and easy to follow. And also, you, you like the characters. Yeah, the timing's great. Yeah. yeah. The dialogue's great. Yeah. I think a lot of people probably dismiss this just because of the the American Idol aspect of it. Yes, right? those, the pop music, the same, the Illumination and American Idol. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I would bet that turned a lot of people off. I mean, it did well. So um, it's also yep. a confusing movie, I think, because I'll be honest. I think it's not aimed at a younger audience. I think a younger audience would be bored by a lot of the stretches of just dialogue. Interesting. There are physical gags in this movie, and they can be you know large, but for the most part, they're not. And when the characters are even performing, the, there's not usually something weird going on. It's usually a performance. And I think that's visually engaging, but I think for a younger kid, that so it's kind of a weird place to fit in. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. Mm-hmm. It didn't have a lot of just straight kid moments. There's this thing, when it's at its worst, is like animation feels this thing where everything has to be moving all the time, and large, and exciting. I think not everyone does that, but it will be real tempting to do that. And, and I think, now sometimes you can get away with it if you have like weird stuff going on or whatever, but this one... Again, if you think of it as, it's not like a big adventure movie. It's not, I think that it can be tricky. Um, so I think it's a weird audience it aims at. I mean, I think it does well. So it did well, but it's just kind of interesting to think that because it's like as much as you look at it like a kid's movie, 
Like like a five year old would probably be like, uh huh, they're just sitting there talking. That's not exciting. There's some kid moments. I mean they yes. put the mandatory fart joke in. Yes. <laughs> the mandatory fart joke. And like you're saying, there's some physical comedy in yes, there. Yes, there is. That his assistant's always losing the glass eye. Yes. <laughs> there's some there's some physical bits, but they it's not all there but all yeah, the time. There's there's stretches of just very quiet story development. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your best thing? Uh, I think my favorite thing was a lot of the gags that they put in here mm-hmm. are the the comedy timing on them is excellent. <laughs> like they'll have the um, like when the, when uh, Mike is is shaking that guy down for money. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he like empties the dollar bills out of his pocket. And he's like, he was holding out on me. And everybody this guy's a liar. Goes, he's a liar. And everyone's like, yeah, that's cute. Everybody round of gasps. We're <laughs> we're. I forget the secretary's name. The iguana lady gets squashed with, with the power cord while she's eating her sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nothing's left hanging too long. And the, yeah. the actions are usually pretty good. And they usually don't overplay the gag, which is nice. Yes. Yes. It's like it's there. That's excellent. We move on. Because <laughs> even like when she gets squished with the sandwich, it's like a long take of her looking there while he's playing. And you finally reach her go like, Johnny. <laughs> like she's trying to get Johnny to grill his attention. Right, they've got a good sense for how long that should. They be. do. I think it's. I think it's well directed. I, I, I think I, I've noticed, like in bad animation or cheaper animation, there's something called weightlessness. I've noticed more and more, which is it's really easy to kind of look like things are just floating, like as puppets. Yeah. And like one of the things Illumination ever does is even when they're being cartoony, their characters still feel like they exist. Right. You know, and so even when they do something exaggerated and ridiculous. It doesn't feel, part of the reason it feels like it has weight is because it feels like it's happening to somebody real. Follow some basic physics. Right. Well, I mean, it's like Looney Tunes. That's what made the Looney Tunes great is as exaggerated as they are, those characters still feel like, I mean, that's just traditional 2G animation, but it doesn't feel like they're they're flat. You know, like, you know, watch like Scooby-Doo. There are times in Scooby-Doo when they're just walking and it's just sliding. And it's because it's a cheap, cheap animation for TV. Huh. But it feels like, well, that's okay, but they're not really there. It doesn't feel like it, you literally just put them on that and just slide yeah, them out. That's important stuff. Right. I mean, uh, I think it was you, maybe, who posted about uh, the Hulk, um, how, how it felt like the stuff he ran into had, had an impact, right. like a physical impact to it. Yeah, it's the, the we were talking, because I was talking about the, uh, I was thinking of the, the, the Just League trailers. And one of the things I don't like about the Just League trailers is it feels very weightless. Like Aquaman will go flashing, crashing through a building with it on top of a guy, and he just jumps out. Right. Like, it's like nothing. Whereas... A bunch of very straight lines. Right. It's almost like he doesn't even seem tired. Whereas, like, Hulk, there's that great scene in in uh, Avengers where he's chasing Black Widow. He's Hulk, so he's going to plow through all that stuff. It still feels like he's plowing through it. <laughs> you know? Slowing him down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it. Yeah, it feels like he interacts with it. It doesn't feel like he's just like, oh, I'm just walking. And, like, when he's, you know, being, like, punching something into a building, it, it feels like he's there. There's a, there's a crunch. And it's hard because... <laughs> Especially a character like that who's so powerful. It's one of the things in, Mr. in The Incredibles when they talk about... There's a scene in The Incredibles where Mr. Incredible's lifting this uh, giant statue. One of the things in the commentary track is they talk about how how great that shot is. Is because it's this super heavy statue that's supposed to be kind of light for him. But also supposed to feel like it looks heavy. And that's hard to do in animation. And and so like Illumination, I don't think they get enough credit that they, they definitely know what they're doing. And they care about it. Yeah, there's some real physicality to their uh, stunts. <laughs> yeah, like that theater anime. when that theater yeah, gets destroyed. <laughs> spoiler alert! That that feels oh, it feels heavy. Yeah, it's a good scene. It's a like yeah, it's it's very crunchy. It could easily be like a disaster scene. <laughs> sure. Know, yeah. Sing for uh, day after tomorrow three. <laughs> Sing two. 
Apocalypse Sing. <laughs> Shaking off the haters. <laughs> uh, so what was your favorite thing? My favorite thing is I really like the performances in this movie. <laughs> um, especially at the end when they're all like doing their, their songs. I know it's dumb, but I think it's interesting animation because it's so easy for the characters to kind of just be weightless. But like when, uh, when Rosita and Gunta are dancing, it feels like they're really dancing with each other. When uh, Johnny the gorilla is just playing the, he's just playing the piano, which could be really boring. But he actually feels like he's interacting with it, and he's got his facial expressions to kind of match what he's singing so yeah. well. He feels energetic. He feels right. Into it. You get it, uh, and I and I love that aspect of all these performances. Is that like uh like when Mina the elephant sings? It's like I'm not really even in that style of music very much, but it's just like her whole body language and the way she does it. I'm just like yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do such a good job of uh, really getting you invested right. in the, the performances. And yeah, stuff. and uh, my favorite is Ash the Porcupine when she does her bit <laughs> and she just comes out and she's just a badass. And I'm just like, I buy it. I buy her badassery. <laughs> so that's my favorite bit. Yeah, the character arcs are all great. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they all match with their, their, their acting and all that. Yep. So what's your worst thing? Uh, my worst thing. <laughs> I know what this is. So there's an awful lot of pop music in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the pop music in here is going to make this, if anything, it's going to make this feel dated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's unavoidable. I think that's unavoidable. It's not all pop music. Uh, they sprinkle in some older songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's actually like a Frank Sinatra. It's, it's not just, just songs of the moment, which is right. good. Um, I don't know. I but mean, the partly. stuff is going to age fast. You know, I'm, part, I'm, I'm starting to question that, though, because I just feel like, I mean, there's so much stuff from like the eight. Like, I'm not sure how far music has evolved. And, and even culturally, it's like. There's this weird thing I talk about where I, I see kids walking around now and they wear clothes I wore when I was a kid. And I'm just like, you're supposed to be future clothes kids. That is really a weird right? emergent property of society. I, don't, right. I mean, I guess it's partly because of the internet, but well, and think about, because of the internet. But well, but think about it like, like change in culture has been arrested to some degree. Right. Because think about it, even like, um, like we listen to like, you know, like that. You can listen to a song from like the 80s. I'm like, imagine somebody in the 50s listening to a song from the 20s. It, yeah. It'd be really weird. So I don't know if this will be aged anymore because we're at the end of the line. We've reached the end of history. That's a good point. I now no we're idea. just coasting to the grave. <laughs> we found all the good stuff. The last song that convinced me that pop music had a chance, Thrift Shop by Macklemore. Because I hate that song. But here's the thing. I hate lots of songs. So what? That's the song that I was like, this is just noise. This is just irritating noise to me. And I was like, that's cool. It's not for me, an old man. But I thought, that's what music should be. Why aren't you kids making noise that I don't understand? (laughs) (laughs) I should be irritated by all your pop music. And I'm not. Be boop. That's not music. (laughs) That that song, as soon as it would come on, it'd be like, boop. (laughs) <laughs> and i just be like i get angry at the radio for playing it but then i was like good i should be angry at your youth music <laughs> you should be doing stuff i don't get yeah right i, I kind of wonder if part of that is i just don't listen to the radio anymore <laughs> i guess like, but it's pretty rare that i listen to newer music why i know i know i'm sure there's plenty of music i don't get but like i'm talking about but there should be pop music i don't get you know what i mean yeah, there's. I'm sure that right now, someone can, like, right now, would, if we have comments, we never have comments, but if someone commented, they'd be like, well, this band is playing this great music you wouldn't understand. I'm like, yeah, but they're not really mainstream. <laughs> if we had comments. If we had comments. <laughs> you know, 
and that's what I think is interesting because uh, it's it's the mainstream aspect that like you can always find avant-garde artists and stuff like that. But I'm sure someone right now is doing some great stuff that I don't understand at all. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> but but I just feel like. The reason Thrift Shop was is Thrift Shop was really popular. Like, I'd see kids listening to it, and I'd be like, you stupid kids, that's not music. And and I felt like that was a really good thing. <laughs> I never got... And here's the thing. So, it's a really weird position, because I was both irritated by that song, and I love that it existed. <laughs> really embracing your crotchetiness. Well, it was just... No, it's not crotchety. It's just, it should be difficult for me to understand. I shouldn't be able to access... It's a sign of progress. Right. Now, if I was, especially because I'm not a really big music guy, if I was a really big music guy, okay, I could say I kept up with the music trends and all that. You know, it's like there's action movie stuff I can follow because I still enjoy it because I like action movie. I keep up with it. Some science fiction, I can, most science fiction, I can do that. But like something I'm not up with, I should be completely lost. I should be lost by now. I really think it's that there's not a lot of like major distribution channels. Not as many anymore. You know what? I think um, you're because right. Because I listen to, I listen to Spotify at work all day. And the only thing I hear are songs that I like and songs that are related to songs that I like. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so I'd, I'd have to go like seek out new stuff. Right. It's the compartmentalization. Yeah. I can believe that. It's interesting. So I bet there's a lot of crap out there that would drive you insane. I'm sure <laughs> there is. went and looked for it. <laughs> I'm sure there is. But I want to hear it more often without having to look for it. Rap's really popular still, I think. Well, rap is technically but my generation, not... though. I started it. I hate rap, by the way. I don't have the skills to listen to it. I get really irritated by it, but it's not the same. I can follow rap, and I can understand what it's doing. You're talking about okay, so you're thinking like I should be confused and change. confounded. <laughs> the fundamental change of the structure of the music, right? Like rock and roll was this thing where it was just like you know, like grandpa listened to the chamber music, <laughs> and then, and I should have my monocle. I should have my monocle, and they're just like, here's the newest song by, you know, Johnny Current. I don't know. And then it's like, whoop, my monocle should fall out. <laughs> it's too loud. You're too old, Grandpa. I'm, I want to not understand the popular culture a little bit, which Dump- is a weird thing. <laughs> Dubstep's not Dubstep's close. cutting edge, but it's pretty weird. <laughs> Dubstep, and then there's uh, uh, some electronica. It gets me a little bit, but again, yeah. not too bad, but a little bit. Okay, so there's stuff out there, but it's, it's yeah, yeah. What's it? Uh, I really think it's that, like, you just, there's no, <laughs> no but I think, channel for I this. I think you're right. I can't, I can't disagree with that. So I agree. No, I actually think you're right. I'm sure there's plenty of it. It's just that it, with so many different avenues of distrib- distribution, I'm not really confronted by it. But that can also lead to sort of a stagnant culture because part of you, Part of how you grow as a culture is being confronted by things you don't want to deal with. Sure. Yeah, uh, there's something to that. I'm yeah. a little, yeah, it's, it's a bit worrying how, how compartmentalized we're getting. Right. I want the kids to have the rings on the clothes like they're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> their shoulders. <laughs> and there's an old episode of Buck Rogers. I'm dating myself, by the way. Oh, boy. Well, there was a Buck Rogers where, you know, on that show, he woke up in the future and the kids were playing like rock and roll. And he's this weird synthesizer music. I was like, wee, 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 wee. And uh, all the kids dance with these like glow tubes, like like all connected. Like, like uh, so, like all these kids in these weird space clothes are dancing with glow tubes. And uh, and Buck's like, uh, well, I don't get it, but it's rock and roll. <laughs> That's what I want. I want like I want the club where it's like, why are all the kids juggling? That's what they do, Grandpa. I don't know what's going on. All right. <laughs> You're such a square. Yeah, I want to be a square. I feel like a square. I love, by the way, here in um, the conception of future music. 
<laughs> in any movie. Yes, I do. Because it's always awful. It's so... <laughs> it should be, though, right? Right. Because there's no way. I think they talked about, like, in Babylon 5. They can't see the future. <laughs> in Babylon 5, they talked about, like, uh, that one of the shows, they have, like, these performers show up that are, like, comedians. And, like, you can't understand their jokes at all. <laughs> and it's intentional because they're like, well, it's been like 500 years. There's, you don't have enough cultural reference to understand oh, yeah. all the stuff. And so, like, all the characters, they'd say something, all the characters would laugh. <laughs> and they said that we did that intentionally because they're not supposed to be funny to you because... Yeah, that's smart. Babylon 5 is one of those um, shows that really... Well, it's probably the sci-fi show that pays a lot of attention to those kinds of yeah. details. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, <laughs> my worst thing... <laughs> Is uh, Mike, Mike the Mouse, played by Seg McFarlane, who does a fine job himself. I'm not, and the animation's fine. I just think that his character is closest thing he has to a villain. And so he just does a lot of jerky things just to be a jerk. And uh, I don't think he has a really. Inter- and so he can't. This is not a really mean spirited movie, so he can't exactly get a comeuppance. But he also doesn't really get any kind of interesting story arc. I, I find him ultimately more irritating than rewarding. He's just a douchebag that doesn't exactly learn a lesson. Yes. <laughs> And he's got the, like, he's the only one who's got, like, the love interest who barely speaks, which is kind of like an old trope. Yeah, he's probably the flattest character. Yeah, he's the flattest and, character. And he's not, right, he doesn't get any kind of co op it's Yeah. Sort of. They kind of imply. He lives fast, spends a lot of money. Yeah. It kind of works out for him, He's I a guess. jerk, yeah. But hey, that's life, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what the message of the movie is. <laughs> you can't worry about the mics. <laughs> All right, are we going to spin the wheel? Let's spin the wheel. <laughs> the wheel of metaphors. Find out what this movie was really about. Communism. It's always communism. <laughs> you know, that hasn't come up yet. The running of the bulls. Have we done running of the bulls? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, you know, the running of the bulls. The Spanish tradition of stampeding male cows. <laughs> Which is nuts. But the running of the bulls is all about, like, uh... Putting yourself out there to fill the life. Yeah. Taking so, a risk. Taking so. a risk. And, you know, all these characters, yeah, they're not stupid. They're not running around of bulls. But they're still putting themselves out there to fill a life. And there's that, there's that line uh, Buster says about, you know, just do the thing you'll be doing and then you won't be afraid of it. <laughs> Which is actually a pretty good line. I like that. And so, now, I think when you're running from the bulls, you're probably still afraid of them. Sure. <laughs> But you're out there, and it's not so bad. <laughs> and it's the, it's the thing about putting yourself out there and taking a risk, which is, you know, what we all, 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 of, all of us artists do that. You don't understand. Let's go. <laughs> I put my soul out there every day. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I'm, I'm kind of impressed because that, that actually does take a lot of, it takes some internal fortitude to put your work out there for it people does. to judge. I used to, uh, for years, uh, I used to not tell people I was a writer because I didn't want to talk about it very much, and uh, especially when I was first trying. And then when I, later on I got, I was finally like, well, I'm a, I'm a writer. And, and and somebody, like in my workshop, said, oh, yeah, you're a really good writer. I said, yeah, I am. Well, that's kind of, they'd laugh. And I said, well, look, my whole goal is to write something someday that someone will pay me money for. Clearly, I must think I'm good at this enough. <laughs> you know? So it's like, there's nothing wrong with it. And I even talked to my friends, and I'll be like, writers I know, and they'll be like, it's all right to say you're good at this, and you think you can be good at this, because that's... But it is kind of a weird thing about false modesty, and that's what, I mean, that's what uh, Mina the Elephant's wrestling with in this movie, is a big yep, part of that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, on some level, you have to believe that you have something worth saying right. or putting out there. Which a lot of people, unfortunately, do that shouldn't, but... <laughs> Sure. <laughs> but I still but, respect it. On the other hand, a lot of people who, who yeah. probably have, uh, could could put out some great work or 
That's true too. That, well, that's the thing. It's interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. your 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 ego and you're willing to take a risk has nothing to do with your talent. Either way, right? It's interesting because <laughs> you're right. You I I know I've known writers at my workshop who come through who are really insecure, and I'm like, man, every time you read something, everyone loves it. Everyone has really good things to say, and the whole time they're just like, yeah, but I'm not very good. <laughs> and then I've known other people that come through and they'll just be like, man, you know, you just get a lot of critique. A lot of people don't. There's things you can improve your work on, and they'll just be the whole time they're like, nah, I'm sure. <laughs> And like, well, that's fine. You, I'm glad you think it's awesome, but it's weird to be kind of like, well, you don't want to listen to any possibilities, and and there's no relation to it. It's interesting. Ego yeah, has nothing to do things. with. Yeah, yeah. So, would you advise people to to go ahead and put something out? No, don't do that. <laughs> My first advice is always don't do it. <laughs> Trying is the first step towards failure. My first advice, <laughs> I've been quoted on this, is don't do it. My second advice is, if you're going to do it, then take it seriously. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I support people's right to do it. I believe they should do it if they want to, but they shouldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the guy who would have said, Mina, don't sing. You're wasting your time. (laughs) You're such a Mike. (laughs) Mike says that exactly. Oh, my God. That's why I don't like Mike. I'm Mike. <laughs> a little too close to home. <laughs> oh, my God. This movie is showing me a part of my soul. <laughs> All right. So, the wheel of metaphors was pretty easy. <laughs> right. So. Uh, I guess we'll take a spoiler break here. Yeah. Before that. Okay. Uh, let's let's hawk the old social media. All right. Links. <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Save the Movies. Website is SaveTheMovies.com. If you want to email us, do so at podcast.SaveTheMovies.com. Uh, and we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash save the movies. Uh, if you're looking for Alex's books or blogs or anything <laughs> like that, aliemartinez.com. Or Amazon. You can go on Amazon. Or Amazon. Yeah. Any bookstores. Book That's right. And I'm on Facebook, Ailey Martinez, like slash 23 or something. I don't know. Whatever you'll find. Slash 23. There's like, there's like three or four of them. There's like a bunch. I'm also Ailey Martinez Action Force Clubhouse on Facebook. And uh, that's it. That's kind of a long one. With the Ailey Martinez Action Force Clubhouse? Yeah. <laughs> that's the fan, fan page. I need to make sure. There is an Ailey Martinez fan sure page. Your, your that's, uh, I mean, a group. There's an Ailey Martinez group that I never, I'm a part of, but I didn't found. I found them, and I was like, I'm going to be part of your group. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> I, was, I was still shocked. I think I just was Googling, and I was like, these people are they're fans of my book. And then I was like, I'm going to join. And I'm like, I hope it doesn't get weird. And they're like, oh, you can be an administrator. Oh, boy. I can be an administrator of my own fans. Hey, fans. <laughs> and I roll it like an iron fist. Sure. So he says he's not that great. It's an impressive Remove it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I really liked that book. I didn't like that one as much. It was pretty good still. You're dead to me. Get out. <laughs> Band. All right. We'll take a spoiler break here. If you want to go see Sing, go do it. With an open <laughs> mind. <stopping> with <laughs> an open mind and an open heart. Yeah, if you can get past the Katy Perry intro, I think you're good. (laughs) Spoilers. Spoilers? That was one of our longest talking about the movie before the movie bits, I think. It is. I wonder yeah. if this is going to be the shortest 
talking about the movie, but <laughs> they all sing, and then they happy the end. They after the end. <laughs> what is there to say, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Moon is this. Uh, well, I want to talk about this first because this is the oh, part where it opens up. Okay, and we get the Illumination logo, and we're confronted with the minions immediately. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and they do a little bit, and it's okay. It's fine. It's not terrible. But I'm like, it's like if, rolling a Pixar's lamp. <laughs> right. It's sort of that thing where that Pixar lamp is kind of like a thing that goes like, oh, Pixar. Yeah. And those minions are like, oh, elimination. <laughs> and I think I, they're not wrong. That's the thing they're known for. I, I think you're going to put people off on a wrong people. I, I, I can't imagine. I'm sure a lot of parents, by the way, are sick of the minions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I, I mean, didn't see that minions movie, but it can't have been good. <laughs> It, I mean, they're not, they're supporting characters. I don't know why. They're fine, like in little doses, but I don't know why they think they can sit there and spend time with them. Yeah, they can't speak. <laughs> Despicable Me is a fun movie. I like Despicable Me, and I yeah, like the minions in Despicable Me. I mean, it made more sense that they were, like, I think they were supposed to be originally supposed to be modified corn. Yeah, I thought there was some kind on. of genetic experiment. Yeah. From Gru. From and I liked them because they were fun because they were like, and I love the fact that he was like, oh, hey, Mike, and he knew all their names. It was very fun. But man, this went on. So anyway, okay, so we go to Buster. Uh, yeah, Buster Moon is the, he owns this theater now. Um, and he is the eternal optimist. Yes, voiced by Matthew McConaughey, who's doing a slightly right. different voice than he normally does. Which is shocking to me. I didn't know he had a different mode. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone does their... I was one to run a theater. I didn't run a theater because it was cool. just seemed like the thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole different Matthew McConaughey. Yes, he's very enthusiastic. He's happy and upbeat. Right. And he's not doing an Australian accent even though he's a koala. <laughs> Because why would he? He's in America. He's in America. <laughs> uh, so his theater is kind As of... As you pointed out, the elephants don't have African accents. Yeah. Uh-huh. The um, mice don't have... Well, mice are everywhere. Nordic accents? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some mice in the Nordic countries. <laughs> sure. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. The home of mice. I don't know. You might know more about the evolution <laughs> of mice than I do. I just remember them being over there for the uh, that whole Black Plague thing. <laughs> I guess that's where we're at. Okay, so anyway, go on. So we see his backstory about, about where he likes the theater, where he learned to love the theater. Sure, and uh, things are kind of crumbling around him. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, that part where they show his back, this flashback, it really is a beautiful scene to me, where it's like, she's standing there on that set, and she's singing that song, and there's her long, like, <laughs> flowing cave. <laughs> And it's got all his people, and he's just, you can, and he's got this look of wonder in his eyes as a kid. I'm like, you convinced me that he loves theater. Yeah, I love that line where he says, uh, "My my plans of being the first qual astronaut cast aside forever." <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a really touching story. Yeah, and then when they cut to the uh, the wall of posters, I love the part because it gives like a history of the fact that he's got a theater that he's had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And all the different plays. I loved all the different posters for the plays and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And none of them have been uh, terribly successful, <laughs> it would seem. <laughs> they established pretty early on that he's in financial trouble. But being the eternal optimist, That's right. he's got a plan. <laughs> he's still going to stick with it. <laughs> he comes up with a great plan to save the theater. <laughs> he's that thing about like, uh, 
it could be a really irritating character, except that because uh, he's kind of, I don't want to say he's dishonest. He's not exactly dishonest, but he's willing to do some questionable things. But it's because he's so optimistic and so positive he can make it happen. Right. That he's willing to take This risks. character is actually obtuse when it serves his purpose. Right, right. He's kind of like, you know, at the end of the, And he also, he's, he's messed a lot in this. He's also sunk cost. I mean, he's, he's spent so much time on this. And it's his identity and his family, all that kind of stuff. It's a very well-established mm-hmm. main character. With, like pretty it. quickly done, too, which is nice. Yeah, they're not beating around the bush. No. Which is excellent. We get the uh, part where he's running through the city and we get to see the, the animals in the city. Yeah. A little bit like the Zootopia bit. Now, Zootopia was like, you could tell they... They put a lot of thought into like how a practical city like this would work, <laughs> right. which is cool. This is more Looney Tunes logic, like where the, the salmon like needs to work. <laughs> you know, right? There's a stream where there needs to be a stream, right? Or like where he's riding, the, like like Buster's riding a bike, but it's not a koala shaped bike. <laughs> the animals are are more close to each other, shaped generally and more size oriented. There's some variation, but you know, sure. um, you're not too worried about the logistics no, of it. No, you're not supposed to worry about that. That's cool. I'm not worried about Huckleberry Hounds and how he works. <laughs> sure. <laughs> or how the mouse can drive a car. That's right. How does Quick Draw of a Gras shoot a gun with a whole hoof? <laughs> These are just the mysteries you'll have to accept. That's right. <laughs> Watch the He meets uh, Eddie. Eddie the uh, sheep. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, his friend. His wealthy layabout buddy. Yeah. I really like his character, too, because he's sort of this uh, well-meaning sort of... <laughs> rich kid who doesn't do very much yeah i was like i can't spend give you any more money <laughs> i like his character too they, yeah uh, i thought he was fun they have this the storyline where um eddie kind of becomes part of the yeah. production and it's just it's just a side story that is suddenly he, moving its way forward while the main moving does and i think one of the things that this movie doesn't get credit for again illumination does is uh giving the characters distinct animation styles like buster moves in a different way than eddie does like eddie is, is really this sort of like lounging guy <laughs> he's very e- sheepy eddie's always kind of like on the move i mean uh, buster's always on the move he's always like pitching stuff <laughs> like we can't afford to eat here sure we can i got sandwiches <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of body language in this movie. Yes, yes. Uh, Especially when you see the, the different animals, like the, the butler, the, the waiters being all angry and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> Me and the elephants always kind of hiding behind <laughs> oh, her yeah. ears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite bits is that, like, they don't have hair. She doesn't have, she's not with so she doesn't have hair. But I love the fact that she's kind of, like, combed her ears in front of her face. <laughs> yeah. It's a great moment. Right. And it says a lot about her character. Yeah. They they're, use that very cleverly. I think I think it's interesting how they didn't that you know they're all anthropomorphized but not like it complicated like they didn't like the the pigs don't have like nobody has like hair like human hair the pigs actually have fuzz on them right but I mean but they don't they have like they don't have oh, like sure. a hairstyle yeah, right. and they they I mean not that I would have been upset if they'd done that but it's just interesting how like all the animals basically have animal features I'm glad they didn't <laughs> well it, it would be weird if some of them did and other ones didn't that would be weird yeah. especially. Um, you'd have to make the decision all the way through, but like, like uh, all the animals look like animals. I mean, they're wearing clothes, yeah, and bipedal, but but like that, like the the like the llama lady has like the long llama neck and the. Sure. So then we we get his plan to save the theater with the singing yes, contest, a singing competition. With the prize like a thousand, right? A thousand is his plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's looking through petty cash, and he's got 950 bucks. <laughs> he like, throws, throws his watch it. down, and he's like, a thousand. <laughs> a radio. <laughs> uh, and there's a physical comedy bit here where the, the lizard assistant 
The iguana lady, yeah. <laughs> Her eyeball pops out and she accidentally types out 100,000. <laughs> under right. the flyer. That's right. Then, all the, then before they can... Prints them out. And, and then before they the can window. prove. Right. And that, the series of events to make it happen. Which I like because it makes it a little more forgivable. Because it's kind of like it's just a series of mistakes. <laughs> right. <laughs> all the flyers fly out and get distributed. And of course we get to see yeah, all our that characters. That part's And that's where we're just, we're just all the characters. You know, like the uh, like Rosita with her family. And I love that line where she's like singing and the kids are making fun of her. <laughs> She's like, tell him, Norman, I think it was, Norman, tell me, tell him, yeah, you were great, honey. I love that line, you were great. It's like, oh, like a knife in the heart, Norman. Oh. It's kind of a, a cliched setup for the, like, the, the housewife that doesn't, yeah. doesn't have her former glory anymore, but they did it well. Yeah. Well, they're all kind of cliches in that way. I mean, like, right. there's the, the young musicians who... The pork, Ash, the porcupine, and how she's kind of, kind of got in a relationship with this guy who's kind of like trying very, to put her, push her archetypal, right? Like all nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, there's not. Especially gonna have so many characters, <laughs> and, uh, and then we also meet uh, Johnny, who's like the closest. Like another movie, the whole movie might be about a bank robber who wanted to become like a rock star. Sure, <laughs> but he's like he's as a criminal, like son of a criminal, part of a gang of gorillas. Yeah, he doesn't really want to be a criminal. <laughs> And then we yeah uh, we meet Mike who's a jerk immediately oh yeah and we Mina Mina we meet Mina yeah and then they all they all sing they all get the, the they all get the uh, flyers right at, I think they all sing well they're all singing before like she's Rosita singing when right but part then, of their intro is them yeah singing. yeah and so the next day Buster wakes up in his drawer which is a cute bit <laughs> again he gets all dressed and he's like time to get to work. Yeah, the physicality of it is great. I love that he's running on his feet to, to open the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all the people are there to do the audition. <laughs> he still doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. He's just like, this, this is really successful. His assistant comes in and says, there's, there's a bunch of people here to see you for the second time. He's like, really? <laughs> oh, well, yes, oh, they are animals. Sorry, I meant animals. But once they start talking <laughs> and we're in clothes... Yeah, they don't. I know they don't say people, but I don't see this line. I guess I'm not as as prejudiced as some people or animals. You don't see fur. I don't see fur (laughs) or color. (laughs) Fur or color or bipedalness or shape, really. Shape. (laughs) I can't. It's like I saw my toaster the other day. It's wrong. (laughs) It's wrong to judge that jacket. So I says to my lamp, I says, wish we could all just get along. <laughs> he, has, he said something racist. I know, of course. Lamps. Don't get me started. There's two <laughs> things I can't stand. Racism and the Dutch. Because <laughs> they're so lazy. That's right. Hey, you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. <laughs> um... So this is the part where they start the additions. Yeah, they, you know, additions. the additions are fun. <laughs> the additions are fun. Each of them get a little bit of this life. Is, this is very American Idol. And yeah. They, they mix in the uh, the main characters with like just these awful. <laughs> Most of them are terrible, though. Additions. Most of them are at least, uh, they're just, I mean, they're just, but yeah. It's just, right. <laughs> it's very American Idol style. Yeah. You, you'll have a few guys that think yeah. they know how to sing. And they really don't. I was like, the, the hippo was like, I was made for this. <laughs> and he sings okay. 
Yeah, yeah, the bunnies, which I don't get that because that whole opening of that is not the rap part of the of the Baby's Got Back song. Well, they just, yeah, they keep saying, look at her butt. Yeah, but that's the beginning <laughs> of that song. That's not, and then you're right, the Humpty guy, the gator. Just talking about the alligator. They're, they're singing Anaconda, not. I know, yeah. but <laughs> do you want to come over here? So yeah, you see all the auditions. You kind of we've they've cheated. Then we know who's going to be in it because <laughs> we've been with these characters. But I do like they kind of play with it a little bit. I'm sorry if they didn't add enough suspense. <laughs> it would have been hard. I love the part where they're like they add like the like that where the one giraffe is going to get into the yeah, <laughs> and then Buster's just like this is going to drive me crazy trying to talk to this giraffe. You're out. <laughs> You're in, Johnny. <laughs> Uh, that's a great joke. Yeah. It's another one that just kind of, it's very smooth. Yeah. <laughs> we also the, need the, uh, the little foxes. The fox, the, 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 the Japanese fox girls. <laughs> oh, what's that thing? Oh, so he gets Ash too. He just wants Ash. And I love that. Yeah. They kind of drawn the line too, that since the animals like don't have really strong sex characteristics, like he's like, which one of you is the girl? <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> they do kind of look alike. They're both, you know. And I love that she's like, he's like, well, I don't need you, both of you. I just need, <laughs> I just need, I just need her. Liz Lance, oh, Lance is a jerk too. That's the porcupine broad boy. Oh yeah, the douchey. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> and I love that he's like calling her a sellout. I'm like, ah, oh, what a jerk. <laughs> he's a better douchebag than Mike. <laughs> right. <laughs> but his destiny is not to be a part of the show. That's right. <laughs> he can just be complete douchebag. <laughs> Yeah. Instead of having a redemption story. Right. They're all in. They're in the show. Woo. And then they all go off to, to tell their family and friends. And I, my favorite part with uh, was this is when Johnny tells his dad. His dad's trying to tell it to his dad, but his dad's like, we're going to do the robbery. It's going to be awesome. And you're going to be the getaway driver. And he's just like, is it Barry your getaway driver? And I love this line. Barry doesn't mind, do, do you? And they cut to Barry and he's like, no. <laughs> He clearly minds. <laughs> but he's kind of like, I'm the boss. No, no that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my favorite bit. Barry, that's Barry's whole line in part. I love it. Uh, and Rosita has to find a sitter for that's 25 right. kids. <laughs> they are very well-behaved kids. She does a good job. Sure. You know, that's one of the things I actually like about this movie, too, is that... Uh, in some ways, they kind of avoid other cliches because, like, she's not a bad mother and the kids aren't bad. There's just a lot of them. Like, she's she's got her act together. She's a good mom who knows how to run her household because she'd have to be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that's a, that's a, a, I think I like about that. It'd be really easy to kind of just, and, you know, I, I had this hang up about, like, bratty kids in films. And it's just like, oh, it's not funny. It's not funny. This kid's just so punk and needs to get the, get. You've a lot of old man rants in this. <laughs> I do, <laughs> except for the fact that my one old rant rant is that you're not old. You're not making me feel old man enough. It's a very weird rant. Lazy millennials. Well, when I was your age, I had offended. <laughs> <laughs> when I was your age, nobody over 40, over forty liked me. That's right. <laughs> what are kids doing with your life. <laughs> So she comes up with this Wallace and Gromit style <laughs> Rube Goldberg machine. Which she builds in a night yeah. using Looney Tunes logic. Right. <laughs> that feeds all the kids and gives them their backpack. Like even now it's like, he's like where, where are my keys, honey? They're all hanging up by the hook. Oh, yeah. 
So they, they're going to go. I like the part where he's trying, Buster's trying to give them all songs to play. Ash is getting all these like pop songs, these teen pop songs. <laughs> and she's kind of annoyed by him. It's like, you've looked into my tiny teenage mind. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Rosita's having trouble dancing while singing. Letting go. Letting go. <laughs> That's why the team up with Gunter, played by Nick Kroll, who is full of enthusiasm. <laughs> he's very much like a on the edge of that Looney Tunes because he's always so full of like energy <laughs> and moving. Believable though. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He's not quite. They still have the, the weight. But he's always like, ready to dance. Yes. And they have uh, Johnny learn the piano. That's right. You need to learn the piano. Which is, I, I like this bit because it, it seems like Moon kind of knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, it, he looks competent in this because he's, he's putting together a show. <laughs> right. They're establishing that he, it's nice because you're right. It doesn't, it's, they've established that he's not, he hasn't had a hit. But they're also establishing that he thinks about it and he tries to make it work. And he's trying to make these people like do the best show they can do. And and I think that's important. So there's a lot of rehearsal, a lot of stuff you're getting like Johnny dealing with his family issues, <laughs> trying to manage both of those things. It's hard I to guess. Get. It's hard to be a bank, of, uh, to be a robber and a seer. Johnny's story seems awfully convenient. <laughs> his dad just calls him up at one point. It's like, we're going now. <laughs> Oh, so that father's, <laughs> they're not, they're not like, really planners. <laughs> they planned it. They had to go with the ship when it was there. I guess so. You gotta go. <laughs> you haven't pulled many heists, have you? <laughs> Woefully inexperienced <laughs> in the heist game. I like the idea that like uh, there's the bit where he's practicing the driving. He's got to get better at the driving. <laughs> and I love the bit where he's like they do the heist and they go. And he's like, I can do the, I can still make the rehearsal. And he drives like a madman. <laughs> Gets the rehearsal, does it, drives back, and gets stuck in traffic <laughs> because of a car accident. Otherwise, he would have made it because he's, he's become... I like that all their skills are relevant to them. He's a good driver. <laughs> he is a good driver because he had to learn. Does he thank his dad for that? No. I'm grateful. I love the relationship with like, like uh, Gunter and uh, Rosita because I just love that he kind of represents this. Like Even when she's practicing the dancing, she's got a whole stage out. It's very mechanical. And he's just like, no, you got to feel it. <laughs> She'll learn. <laughs> That's right. She has to learn. And we get the the bit with the uh, the accident where not where uh, the camel. I forget the camel's name, but he gets knocked out of the shell. Yeah. <laughs> and you never think about him again. You never see him again. <laughs> and then he tries to recruit the the fox the fox girls. He yeah. says something wrong to them in Japanese. <laughs> they leave <laughs> the the frog band breaks up <laughs> oh that's right the frog band breaks up <laughs> egomaniacs right so he has to find two new acts so he's, he's got mina as a stagehand he's recruited and he hasn't actually heard her sing at this point <laughs> but he's no like, but he's just like whatever he's just grabbing around for whoever yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you wanted to sing right that's right <laughs> that's your chance <laughs> show must go on uh i think we skipped over this but he's he's proposed to nana yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old um, theater star that she come see a dress rehearsal. And she's, got, to she's got a great, this is, a, I really like <laughs> this whole bit. Again, I think it's a fun scene where it's like, he calls up uh, Eddie and he's like, that's a nice jacket. <laughs> then he's like, wow. <laughs> and they go up to Nana. <laughs> go to the split screen. <laughs> yeah. And they go to Nana Noodleman. And I love her body language. Her body language is always like, I have none of your nonsense. <laughs> Ever. Your nonsense is stupid. Every time somebody says her name, somebody else goes, she's still alive. Yes. <laughs> it's just this stubborn old old sheep. Uh, I like the other part where uh, we see like Eddie and uh, Eddie and Buster playing video games together. 
And you got like, and he just like, they're eating chips and playing video games. And, and, and he's just like, yeah, I got a life coach. I got to do stuff. I got to do like the laundry. This, this, and Don't we have people for that? Got to visit my Nana. That's what he says that I got to visit my Nana. And she's like, what? She's still alive? <laughs> uh, I like the body language on there where they're playing the video game and they both yes. leave. And I love like <laughs> every time, around a corner. every time uh, uh, Eddie eats a chip, he wipes his hand off his shirt, <laughs> which I think is a really cool touch. You know, because it makes it feel, it's those little touches that make it feel like it's a real thing. They put a lot of thought. Right. It's like, there's you're right. Like, and even the way they sit, like Buster's kind of sitting up <laughs> and Eddie's just kind of sitting back because that's who they are. Like yeah. fundamentally. It's all about the body language. So to prepare for this dress rehearsal, he's like stealing the glass out of windows. <laughs> he's using his own windows mostly. I guess so. I yeah. feel like they stole a couple from somewhere. Don't shake your head. I didn't see that. <laughs> it's a criminal. <laughs> Well, they're definitely stealing water from the city fire hydrant. Yes, they stole some water. <laughs> um, like, is this, this legal? This glass oh, I know, is this structure <laughs> they made is preposterous. It wouldn't hold water. It wouldn't hold the weight of, of elephants is, on it. Right. It, which is the cartoony bit. Right. But <laughs> they start having the dress rehearsal and like Mike's the people he owes money. Yeah, the gangsters. <laughs> the gangster bears. bears. <laughs> Come out and start or make start making a ruckus, and the whole thing actually does collapse. Right, it's, it's, it's a good show because they've got the squids. It's really beautiful. Yeah, and then they they come, and this is that moment where everything kind of goes wrong. Right, because the uh, everybody finds out he doesn't have he has none of money, anything really, <laughs> and the theater just destroyed, which is pretty much the end before. Yeah, it's a surprisingly dark moment. <laughs> yeah, well, especially like when he's walking through and he just like finds that old picture and his dad's old bucket. Which is like that joke. There's that one joke about like, you know what that bucket's for? There's a leak in the roof. No, that's what that bucket's for. <laughs> so they're all. Told the story about his dad washing cars. Yeah. He's possibly immigrant dad. Maybe his dad has an Australian accent. We never see him. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. We you, don't know. You don't know. Let <laughs> to fill in the backstory. That's fan fiction right there. I love it if he was an immigrant from uh, China. Or... That's right. <laughs> His family's from China. I mean, they can go anywhere, right? Or France. Who knows? You gotta. I, I saw this one video one time, and I thought it was that. I think it was accurate. It was these two uh, uh, white kids who lived like grew up in China, and so whenever they talked, they sounded like like a bad Chinese stereotype. <laughs> and I was like, it's gotta be tough because people are like, yeah, we get it. Stop being funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, that's the accent they developed. <laughs> You're being offensive right now. Maybe it's gotta be weird, right? Gotta be weird, like Buster's dad is like Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Buster, I believe you can do it. <laughs> Reminds me of some commercial with the the only Chinese people in Scotland. <laughs> anyway, so the whole theater is destroyed. Yep, everyone's a, it got ruined. Uh, the media is even talking about Buster Moon. <laughs> I love the media bits. <laughs> Washed up hack, Buster Moon. Buster Moon. <laughs> Ruins theater. <laughs> and there's this bit where, uh, uh, oh, and I, I, the other part, like where uh, Ash stumbles on her boyfriend doing a duet with another <laughs> Becky. Porky, Becky. <laughs> she's got this, the the heart glasses on, and she's just like, get the throw. She throw <laughs> Ash throws them out, and they're gonna come back, and she's just like, oh, I forgot my glasses. <laughs> comes back later, shuts the door on her. Rosita has problems with her invention going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> throwing her family out to dry. <laughs> Johnny's dad gets arrested. Yeah, this uh, is a low point. This is a low point. Except for Gunter. Gunter doesn't care. <laughs> Gunter doesn't have anything wrong. 
He just wants to perform. Yeah, Gutter's got his own stuff right. going on. He's got his own stuff going on. Um, I like the bit with the media because um, it felt like it could have been overplayed, <laughs> but it's so quick. <laughs> that's true. That it's it's kind of okay. I can see that in, in a worse movie being really hammed up. <laughs> You're right. I have to agree with you. What you brought that up is that I don't think it ever overplays a gag, which is really easy to do because I don't even mean like overplays it because you are looking to kill time. It's really easy to become enamored of your jokes. Yeah. And your bits. Timing's so important there. Yes. And this one, like, I don't think it, what I'm thinking about, there's no joke that I think, even like the, the, the mandatory fart joke, <laughs> it's like, it's relevant, it's it's over, and it moves on. You know what I mean? It's like, right. it doesn't and come back up a million times. The fart thing's probably the most egregious offense there. Right. And it's not that long. Right. And it's it's cute. It's even like relevant to the joke. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> sure. even like, he's like, well, I don't want to work with this guy. <laughs> And a lot of the stuff in this movie is very cliched. But it doesn't overplay it. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. That's a good observation. They don't focus on it too much. (laughs) Right. I I, I didn't think about it before, but the more you talk about it, the more I think about all these gags that could have gone too long or been too much or too winking. That's the other thing, too. Like like when Rosita's invention of malfunctions, you you see the bit where it's malfunctioning, and then when you see her come home and you see all the kids (laughs) and Norman being like... (laughs) <laughs> on, the, on the line and it's like oh okay it's cute <laughs> they didn't need to spend a lot of time on there because they weren't trying to pad the movie right and they weren't too enamored of it but there wasn't too much in there so yeah. it wasn't too it was, they, they walked a, a good line i can see that i can see that oh i want to also mention i love the the unknown security guard <laughs> who's when she's in the grocery store rosie oh, dancing yeah. <laughs> and she started kind of getting into the groove he's a monkey i'm sure he's a monkey but you don't see him Besides from behind, but he deliberately turns it up, and it's the first moment she gets like audience approval <laughs> in a really fun way. And I think that guy's like he has like two lines he says, it's like about the store closing and about how like that was awesome. Well, well, she lets go because nobody's watching, right? <laughs> but somebody was watching. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good scene. It's cute, but it's a really good scene. So that's interesting. All the characters kind of come into their own. The characters that needed to get over a hump kind of get right. over the hump. Each of them has a little little thing they got to jump over. Except for Moon, who is now depressed and. <laughs> And stay in his buddy's house. (laughs) (laughs) And then they come, and there's this line that I really like, which is the one character asks Buster, what are you afraid of? And he goes, I'm afraid this is who I am. And I was like, wow, that's actually a really good line. (laughs) I mean, because it's kind of like that moment of revelation where it's like, well, you know, it's not that I'm going to be a failure. We can all fail. But like, this may be like all my dreams, all that. What if they're not true? What right. if this is just this is as line? good as I can do? This is yeah. What if someone's wrestling with that and somebody's losing that battle too? I mean, <laughs> you know, real sure. life all the time. There's a uh, I know uh, Overwatch. One of the one of the recent lines added to Zenyatta was, "If you keep going the direction you're headed, you may end up where you're." <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you keep going that direction, you may end up headed where you're headed. And I just love that line because it's kind of like it's very zen. It's very zen. But I also ah. love ah. yeah. It's very it's very zen. Oh, Yada. But I love that line because I'm afraid this is who I am. It's such a, it's really, I mean, it's this, we're talking about this movie being lighter, but it's like that moment where I'm just like, oh, man, that's it's a scary thought. Yeah. It's definitely heavy in parts. Uh, Mina especially has a lot of. Um, right. Is wrestling pretty intensely with her right. confidence problem. Right. And when you see, when she's Buster, who's kind of her confident surrogate. Right. <laughs> collapse. <laughs> that's get... another excellent bit right there because um, he's talking to Mina when he says that. She says, "Well, what about me? I want to, <laughs> want to be oh, more." Oh yeah, and he says, "Well, maybe you were right to be afraid." <laughs> and she's pissed off because she's she's getting over her her confidence problem, right? 
Um, so I, I like the. It's a good sort of switching of roles, but also of giving Mina like a valley to go through, but also uh, her own rise to to kind of go through. Right. It puts up a wall for her to go through. Yeah. Because you know you can't count on on somebody else being there to. Yeah, you can have to. Yeah, it's good to have something you can rely on, but you also got to rely on yourself. Find that inner strength. Yeah, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they they have such a parallel journey, which is interesting. Yeah, especially because they're like every character kind of interacts with another character, but in particular, they interact with each other a lot. Yes, Moon and uh, and their arcs are kind of opposite, right? He's he's on the way down, kind of right, and then (laughs) eventually they're both. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I didn't think about that, but that's cool. I like that. <laughs> kind of makes you think. <laughs> makes you think. We yeah, enjoyed so your we... movie. <laughs> Maybe that's why we're doing a podcast on it. Not bad. <laughs> Not too shabby, Illumination. You know, it's that thing. One enjoy reason I enjoy these these episodes is is usually I'll think of this movie a little better. And I, I like this movie. I thought it was a good movie, but I'm like, it's interesting. I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he decides, uh, Buster go, decides to go back to washing cars. That's right. It's the only other it's thing just he a knows. funny bit of washing cars. This is a great physical comedy bit. Where he keeps getting splashed with water, and then he's like <laughs> he rubbing swims his, across the guy's windshield. Rubbing his body. Uh, and I love that Eddie's kind of like helping him out. You wash, I'll dry. Yeah, I love, that, that, I love that Eddie's in. Yeah. I love that montage of them like rubbing their bodies against the car. And really, he's only washing cars because. He needs to do something. Right. <laughs> He's not Eddie. He, he needs to be out there right. doing some kind of work. <laughs> and then while they're washing cars. And it's good because it's that moment where, first of all, it's kind of funny because it's Eddie helping him. So it's a funny bit. But it's also kind of that moment where Eddie's there for him, which is nice. Yeah. It's always nice to have friends. And then when he hears Mina singing in the ruins of the theater, and then he, he goes and, and decides, well, maybe we can make this show. He's inspired. Inspired. I like that Eddie is involved in the car washing. That's kind of the first part of him being more involved in the He's got a little arc. He's right. got an arc about like, it's because that's the thing. It's like he he's he's not a bad character, but he's kind of adrift without realizing it. Right, he's a and, slacker. Right, and I love the but, idea that like you're right. It's he's he's, he's involved with the, he wants to have his friend, but even like that where he's the stagehand in training, and then it, during the stagehand bit where he's doing all the stagehanding stuff, he just needed a like the end to, yeah. to get involved. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Even he's got a little story arc. That's pretty cool. So they're gonna put the show together. Uh, the, <laughs> they build the whole thing back up, outdoor theater, right. I they love put that. stage back up. <laughs> and I love they're all just going to perform, just to perform. Yeah. Because it's like, what? And it's like that with the mic's like, well, where's, what's the money? It's like, well, no, there's no money, Mike. <laughs> oh, well, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, Mike. You rascal. So this is what they build up to. The big stage performance. <laughs> it opens up with the uh, with uh, Gunter and Rosita singing. Oh. Shake it up? Shake it off. Shake it off. Yeah. I like it because it's sort of the beginning. They, the theater's only got like... Mina's family and Rosita's family. <laughs> but they don't care. That's what, you know, it's not, you're not, you know, you're just going to perform. Sure, they the just want to put on their show. <laughs> and I love that her show is like at the beginning she comes out and it's kind of people are like, there's the bit where she's like, comes out, she's thinking, she's taking the laundry out of them. <laughs> and then Gucci pops out of the washing machine and like, the kids start laughing. People kind of laugh a little bit because it's kind of goofy. <laughs> and again, this is, I just, this, I think this is the part where she goes in and she goes back and she changes into her outfit. And there's like the flashes that she's changing into her outfit. <laughs> And like her silhouette gets bigger. It's a really good. Yeah, I'm it's like, well staged. It's well staged. Her <laughs> family gets to see her being like good at. She comes out. Yeah, she comes out. She's glamorous in that outfit. <laughs> and then, then they have a good, they have a cool song and dance. It's really cool. 
Yeah. And I love the scene because I love the part where at the end where like all the kids rush up on stage <laughs> because they're like, ah, and then she's just like, you know, Norman help. And he comes up and he kisses her romantically. Uh, it's so cute. It's cute. I think one of the fun things about this movie is it really does have like five or six arcs in it and they all get fulfilled. And they're, without, and they're not, and again, it's not like her marriage is falling apart. Sure. You know, it's not like they, it's just that it sort of rekindles a little bit of the lost spark. Right. These aren't like super high stakes. No. It's not like, I mean, it's like they're not trying to make everything like, okay, Johnny's having a problem with his dad in a pretty serious way. But like the other ones are just like, well, she just wants to, she doesn't, she's not unhappy with her, her family life. She just wants to rekindle a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think is an underrated aspect of this movie. It's not saying singing is going to save the world. It's just like it will help you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the porcupine's going through normal teenage angst. <laughs> right. Who's, who's ne- oh, Johnny comes out and sings, right? He's the yeah, second I think one. So. Yeah, and he does the, I love this bit. I mean, this is just simple. It's such a, like, it'd be really easy to do something big and dramatic, but it's just him at a piano singing. But I love his animation. I love the joke about, like, his dad breaking out of prison to go... <laughs> To go visit him. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't need to be embellished. No, it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> Just a nice, feel-good story. Right. And then, uh, yeah, it's Ash Dex, I think. And she does the original song, right? Yes. Which I like a lot. I like the song. But I love that, like, even the part where she comes out and she's wearing the sunglasses. <laughs> which is a great touch. No, You know, she even, like, flicks them down. And then she just throws them in the crowd. Like, well, this is the point where the banker comes That's in. Right. And tries to stop the show. <laughs> Which I love that part because the banker like unplugs the, the <laughs> and it looks like he shows over and then Ash starts doing the beat. Yeah, I love that. That that's great because she's so confident. Right. She's just sitting there, she's like, I'm a star. It's gonna this is the song I wrote, you're gonna listen to. And all the audience is like, It's a great bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then when she looks over and like the lady leaves, I'm like, well, I'm gonna call the police, and they plug it in, and she starts rocking out. <laughs> the only only black eye of this movie. Porcupine quills don't work like that. Those, um, I know too much science. Too far I know too much science. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of quills, too. That's a lot of quills. <laughs> She's like a, a long sprinkler of quills. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, I love there's the, there's the, some holes in the, the physics here. <laughs> and I love the cut to her boyfriend, Lance, and Becky watching. And Becky's like, She's not even that good. <laughs> and Lance is like, Yeah, you're right, babe. And he's just like, eh. <laughs> So no, it's a good thing. It's good. And you're right. It's, it's tight. And I love that even like, I love the baker lady. She's like, she's got a simple character, but it works. And it's just like, because it's, it's not just that she's going to shut down the show, but she's like, like that part where Ash is just like, comes out and just starts. <laughs> my show. Uh, and Mike has seen the. the oh, show. that's right. That's it's right. Like, oh, <laughs> people seem to like this. I'm going to go back. <laughs> it's all about his ego, man. Mm-hmm. So he does his uh, Frank Sinatra thing. Which I think is cute. <laughs> this is the one where I thought they did a cute thing because they made the uh, the helicopter flying <laughs> him down. Yeah. And he's kind of like having to struggle while he's singing my way, which is kind of cute. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty effective. Mm-hmm. And it's really just him and a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, good, though. But even like the opening of the song, I love that like when the light goes on. Like, he's away from the mic, and he turns around like he's almost like... I'm like, what? He's performing. He's performing, you know? It's like... Like, it's so easy to... It's one of the things I think about that. Anytime... Any kind of animated character does anything, someone had to think about it. Like, somebody had to really think about it and make it happen. And and so there's so much, like, subtle body language in this. And even the performances, it's like... I, I would be amazed if they didn't study performances. Because there's all these characters perform yeah. in very specific ways. I wouldn't be surprised if they 
did some takes with real people. Right. That, well, to act sharp, stuff yeah. out. that music starts and he's kind of like looking his leg and he turns around and he's like, oh, well, there you are. Well, I guess I'll sing a song now. <laughs> and even like that, because like I said, my favorite part is Ash where she just sits there and then just like knocks the sunglasses <laughs> down and she's just staring ahead and. <laughs> yeah, she just continues the show with her will. <laughs> That's right. Um, and then Mina's up. Which is... We finally get to hear her sing. And this is where she's, again, she's a little down. And Buster helps her, pushes her on stage. And hers is, is one of the more uh, complex performances because she has to go from shy to confident to, like, really confident. And right. I, I mean, her ears are first to the big part where they, they open up. <laughs> but even, like, where she starts jumping around and stuff like that. It's got a lot of that. <laughs> I love his advice, again, which is the same as just... Just you do just it. You just gotta go out there. You just gotta it. do it. There's I, no trick. <laughs> I think that's true a lot. Uh, you know, even as a writer, even though I say people don't do it, one of the things, <laughs> one of the things I will tell people is, you know, you, you can sit around all day thinking about writing and coming up with like it's fantasy, like it's fantasy science fiction writer. People love to come up with worlds and backstories and all kind of bullshit like that. And I'm just like, yeah, that's great. But did you actually write anything? You know, and uh, it seems like an important part. Of the it process. seems like an important part of the process. And if you know, it's it's get in there and do it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a lot of times it's going to suck, but that's true of everything. <laughs> I mean, sure. Not just art. I mean, that's true of everything. You and I play a lot of Overwatch. I'm okay at Overwatch now. I was bad at Overwatch a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's true of anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you want to get better at it, you have to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. There's not going to be this moment of perfection where you're just going to be like, ah, oh, this is perfect. I never have to worry about it. It's not going to happen. It's so some kind of savant. Yeah. Even then they probably are like, oh, that's not the I'm picturing uh, Homer, the the uh, you know the writer. Uh, it's Odyssey. I don't think it's very good. It really holds up. <laughs> His first attempt. His first. Journey. It's like ah, uh, you know, what's the deal? I just different islands. And something weird happens every time. I'm just making this shit up. People are gonna detect my phony in a minute. <laughs> Maybe the island made out of candy was such a great idea. <laughs> she goes to an island and. Uh, they get turned into pigs? <laughs> yeah, it's a living. <laughs> and then, I don't know, uh, another one where uh, they eat some flowers and kind of get loose track of time? I don't know what's going on. It's art. It's art. <laughs> Art's different, man. It comes from your suffering. <laughs> That's what I tell people. That's what you can tell. <laughs> Have you tried cutting yourself? <laughs> Have I tried? I just listened to a Thrift Shop by Michael Moore. <laughs> Single tear, like side yeah. of your eye. Oh, show these kids, <laughs> these kids typing furiously, popping tags. What does that even mean? <laughs> so yeah, she's got the cool performance. Uh, this is where Mike kind of gets disposed of because the pair's gonna eat him, and then his girlfriend rescues him, and then they sort of get away, but not quite. And it kind of leaves it hanging. Yeah, it's, right, it's my least favorite part of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially because I'm like, it's not, it's not believable to me that he would like respect anybody. <laughs> Right, it's not believable to me that that girl would say that. Right, because there's that <laughs> bit where... him because he had the car. Because <laughs> there's that part where he's like, yeah, yeah, because there's that other part where it's like, Mina's singing and he's like, comes out and he's like, wow. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not Mike. You've made him a jerk. Just let him be a jerk. <laughs> moved. He's moved by music. Mike oh, cares about one thing. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what weaker part of the movie. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it's a big success. 
Big success. A great, they did Nana, Nana Noodleman. Nana's there. I love Nana Noodleman in the audience, and she just does the polite golf clap. You got a porcupine That's pull That's right. Her. And again, I love the animation because she's just so like, I'm having none of your nonsense, but good job. So they, they rebuild the theater. And, and they reprise that music from the theater, and they build it. They cut to the theater being built. I think it's nice. It's nice. I love the sequence too. It's real simple, but I love that it's like it looks like the fast forwarding sequence yeah. of all the animals putting the theater together. It takes a lot of labor to build a theater. It, yeah, it's not like a little theater. This is even fancier than it was before. Closes in six weeks. <laughs> Sing to the real world. Uh, oh yeah, and Johnny makes up with his dad. It's like it's good. I, this part's a little hard to believe because um, here's the thing. That I get, like, I thought with Johnny with his dad. And now this is, this is where I, I think it's interesting is, like, his dad's like, you're nothing like me and you'll never be anything like me. And I'm like, well, why has he got to be like you? <laughs> it's not his job to be a clone of you, man. And I think that's the thing when he finally realizes is, like, well, my son has a different path. Maybe, maybe I should yeah. respect that. I um, probably could have dived into that a little more. But yeah. all, all these all these stories were so tight to right. he had so many of them. Right. And that one is one of the more complex ones, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Mike's and Johnny's story were probably a little weak. They're they're the ones that are the more complicated ones, I think. Yeah. Uh, the ones that actually have larger elements besides, right? Because <laughs> it'd be different if Johnny was like they're they're larger conflicts. I think. Well, because if Johnny's dad was just like say a, a bakery shop owner, <laughs> sure. you could do the same story. <laughs> no but, son of mine, right? I'm not big bread, <laughs> right? It'd just be like okay, it's not a big deal, but it's like well, he's a criminal, whatever. <laughs> It was I, fine. It was fine. It's fine. It's a good, it's a good movie. movie. Go it's see good. It. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it more after we talked about it, as usual. <laughs> Likewise. So next we're going to do... Uh, shoot him Up. Shoot him Up. With Clive Owen. And uh, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> as the evil mastermind. <laughs> it's a very uh, over-the-top action movie. Some people don't like it because it's a very over-the-top action movie. I can see that. But it's good to be hated. It's very purposeful, though. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, there's nothing wrong with being hated for what you want to do. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a good over-the-top action movie. It is movie. good. It's a fun movie. It's been a long time I've seen it, but uh, I remember the... Uh, if it was a bad over-the-top action movie, we, we wouldn't uh, put it on the podcast. Probably wouldn't have, but it's not very good. It's not very good. That's why this is the debate I was we were talking before this. I mentioned No Holds Barred, the Hulk Hogan movie, <laughs> which I'd like to do an episode on, but I don't think it's a good movie. It's a fun movie, but I don't think it's a good movie. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we can do an episode where we uh, spend 10 minutes on some movies like that. <laughs> movies that, that are like uh, good for the wrong reasons is good for the right reasons. <laughs> if somebody sends us an email. Yeah. We'll do one. Makes a request. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll We're do not it. proud. That's true. That's true. We get requests. We'll do one, that episode, and we'll do another one of me complaining about music that I get. <laughs> Like, but in a good way. But in a good way, it'll be like, it'll be like, hey, you know, I said there was a lot of music that like is not different enough. Well, here's some music I hate. (laughs) You should listen to it if you're young. Play a clip of dubstep. Say, well, that was shit. Skrillex. (laughs) (laughs) See a man or a mop. I also don't like. uh, I don't like. um, Oh, the guys who did the the music for uh, Tron Legacy. (laughs) They wear the helmets. Daft Punk. Daft Punk. I don't like them very much. Why not? I find the music repetitive, but here's the thing. I don't find it irritating. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't find it interesting. Although I do like that one song, I'm out to get it's not lucky irritating or enough. whatever. <laughs> but I always hear it say, I'm out to get Mexican lucky, which is a weird thing. Um, That's probably the two that people have heard are I'm out to get lucky and the Better, Faster, Stronger. That is oh, yeah, yeah. Covered yeah. by everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was covered by everybody. 
right. So until then, <laughs> on that note, he's Lee. He's Scott. And we just saved a movie. <laughs> There's a snowball. Fantastic. Test, test. Should be. Check, check. You're listening to Save the Movies with Lee <laughs> and the Douche. Aouga! Wah, 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 Why am I the douche? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just a spontaneous thing. I wasn't making you the douche I'll wear this intentionally. Mantle. It's fine. <laughs> I'm ready to make some prank calls. <laughs>